listening to Foundry Church's weekly podcast, where our singular focus is to help people know, follow, and share Jesus. Our hope is that today's message would help you to encounter the living Christ in a new and transformative way. Good morning. So, do you want to know God better? Like, really know God better? Do you? Thank you. I was hoping you say that. Um, You know, that seems like an obvious question. Why would you be here if you didn't? But what I found is that a lot of times we get stuck in a rut. Um, We get stuck along the way, and it's important to show up (laughs) to church to worship. That's a good start, right? I mean, yes. Growingly in a society where regular um, participation in the life of a body, a worshiping community is growingly um, less regular, I think showing up is really important. But when we show up, what is our desire? What is our goal? What is our intention? What is it we're looking for and longing for? Uh, maybe, maybe one of the problems is that for too long we've focused on the wrong things. Maybe for too long we've, we've kind of lost sight of this reality that um, what we gather together for is to know our creator, to walk in relationship with the God of the universe, the God who created, who made us, and, and who draws us into a relationship, a relationship a relationship that changes us and leads us into different ways of living. That's our mission that we say every week is to help people know, follow, and share Jesus. What that means is that God is inviting us into a relationship to know him. And as we get to know him, we we begin to understand that his way of life is a different way of life, and his design for us is the best design, and he's calling us to follow him. And when we follow him, uh, the natural, the only, you can't follow Jesus and not share Jesus. Like that's part of what Jesus does is shares goodness and, and beauty and mercy and the gospel with others. And life begins to break out around us when we follow Jesus and pattern our lives after him. Um, but Lent, um, if you didn't grow up in the church, Lent might be a foreign... I'm not talking about what's in your belly button. I'm talking about the season. There's a season of Lent, 40 days, that lead us uh, to Easter. And in the church, this is one of the ways I think that sometimes we've gotten in a rut, like where we just go through the motions of doing things and we forget why. Or on the other end of the spectrum, if, if you don't like have any... Um, in some ways, if you don't have church ex- experience or background and this is all strange to you, um, let me just offer it as an invitation to grow to know God better. And maybe, maybe actually you're at an advantage because if you can approach it with the right attitude, it can be powerful in your life because there are rhythms to our life. There are rhythms to our year. There are seasons of life. And listen, growing and, and growing in Christ and knowing Jesus is going to look different at different seasons, in different seasons, and at different places in life. 
If you think of your spiritual life just as linear and up and to the right all the time, you're going to be disappointed because there are going to be seasons that require a different kind of engagement with God, and God's going to invite you into growth in a different way. And so sometimes breaking the rhythm Getting out of the rut is necessary, and this is what Lent invites us to. In Lent, in this 40 days, some people traditionally will, you know, abstain from something, let go of something, fast from something as a way of inviting Christ to be more fully alive in us. It's not just a dry religious practice. It's an invitation to really invite the Spirit to grow us in relationship, but it's all about relationship. And so through this series, Facets of God, we're looking at the different ways that God has made himself known to us, that he wants us to know him, to walk with him as his people, that he's revealing himself from the very beginning of time throughout all of scripture, that he's revealed himself. And and he's revealed himself in many ways because God is more than we can possibly ever imagine or fathom. And there's no one metaphor, no one image that can fully capture all that he is. And so these images that we're looking through, creator, revealer, priest, judge, redeemer, king, father, shepherd, are all an invitation to know God. And today, revealer is the key that we focus in on, that God is a God who reveals himself to us, that that he, he reveals himself ultimately in Jesus, but that he is always speaking in relation, in inviting us into a relationship that, that we, um, can have with him. I, you know, as I've thought about, uh, something occurred to me as we were preparing this message that I didn't expect, and that, that was that um, God's capacity to know us, is, it's just blown me away. Like if I think about it, if I think about all the things that God is capable of, his power, his might, his, you know, when I, uh, if I, go, if I go out into creation and am surrounded by the beauty of creation, I'm more aware of the creator and his power. That's just one of the ways, one of my pathways spiritually that I connect with God. And so a star full of skies, I, a sky full of stars, you know what I meant? I caught myself at least, right? A sky full of stars just speak of the beauty and the the indescribable nature of God as creator. That this universe that we're still exploring, that we can't wrap our minds around, how large and how sophisticated and how detailed that God speaks and life and creation happen. It's amazing, this God we serve. But God, I think, drew to my uh, mind as we were, as we were wor- working through this, his ability to connect with us, his relational capacity. <laughs> if you think about like God's un- unlimited power, but displayed in his ability to connect. I know you all and I love you all, but I can't even remember your names half the time, if I'm being really honest, right? Do you remember my name? Like you're, you have an advantage. Let's be honest, okay? Let's be fair. Um, we, I, you know... How many of us, like, let's be, you be, can you be honest so that I feel a little better about myself? Like, the more that your network grows, the more people that you get to know, the harder it is and the more intentionality it is, it takes to remember people 
and to really know people. And let's, let's be honest, like most of our relationships are very surface level. And to think of God's capacity, listen, God knows everything about you. Not only that, God knows everything about every person in the whole universe, in the whole world, and in, in that's ever lived. That he has this unimaginable capacity to know you and to love you and to care for you and everyone else. Blows my mind. It's hard to even imagine that. But this is the God. Not only is this the God we serve in his power and his might, but it's the God in his nature of love that actually cares in this way. And so this is the God that we worship, the God that we serve, the God that we speak about and we're invited to know and to walk with and to grow in faith, to love him more. God is speaking to us all the time, revealing himself to us. And one of the, some of the key ways that he reveals himself throughout scripture um, are as prophet, as friend, as teacher. As teacher, he wants to teach us how life goes, how to live life. The psalmist wrote, instruct us in the way we should, we should go. God is speaking to humanity He's revealing his faithfulness, his grace, his mercy. It's revealed in many, many ways, but the one I wanna focus in on today is that of friend. And this might be foreign for some of us, depending on our church background and where we grew up and how we perceive of God and our ideas about who he is and is he a God that's far away and removed. But, but I want you to know today that God, God repeatedly um, reveals himself in scripture and still to us today as a friend. Now, there's some things I need to make, make clear about this. Um, we're not talking about just your little old buddy that you hang out on the weekend with. God is all of those things that I just described, and that's why I started with that. His, his indescribable, his goodness, his holiness, his, there's an otherness to God, right? That he is so far above what we are in our frail human capacity that we can't even fathom or understand fully that it takes us a lifetime of just rest and just growing and, and he invites us to do this. But at the same time, listen, this is what's so beautiful. At the same time, he empties himself, he lowers himself and he becomes one of us. You see, all of scripture is pointing us to Jesus and Jesus is the full revelation of who God is. And the fact that Jesus comes to earth that God comes and takes the shape of a human being and lives among us, he is telling us and showing us and inviting us to know who God is. God is our friend, not because he's just like us, but because he has created us in his image with the capacity to have a relationship with him, which makes us different than anything else in all creation. And a friend is someone who is faithful and reliable and dependable. A friend is someone who has our best interest in mind. A friend is someone who cares for us. A friend is someone who will tell us the truth as well, a level with us. Someone who has our back. Someone who's willing to lay their life down for you. That's a friend. That's the kind of friend 
that God is. And remember, we're looking at the facets in the diamond, and there's not one side that fully encapsulates all that God is. But this element of friend for some of us can be so uh, much of an open door into a different way of relating to God because we've seen God as just someone to be believed in certain facts about, or we've seen him as removed and uninterested, or we've seen him in all of these ways that are unhelpful, when in reality, God comes to us and reveals himself as a friend. You see, this proper respect and worship for God is, is the basis of our friendship. And out of that friendship, God begins to reveal more and more the depth of who he is and in inviting us As the psalmist says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. This is a respect and an honoring of God and everything that I've just talked about, that he makes him, that he makes known to them in his covenant, that he, in his relationship, makes himself known to us. In other words, this is a personal relationship that God invites us to into, to walk with him, to speak with him, to know that he knows everything about us, but it's personal, not as in it's private, not as in it's just me and my buddy, God, but it's personal as in we are known. We're not just an acquaintance that God has, but he invites us into a relationship where he knows us actually better than anyone else and better than ourselves. Jesus was a friend of the disciples He used this language with them as a way of communicating God's desire to have a relationship with us. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Jesus' own definition of friendship became manifest in his life. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is where our relationship, this is where our faith blossoms and grows, not out of a place of fear. Some of us have to get over an old mentality of obeying God out of a fear, We obey God because as we get to know God and drawn and we're drawn into relationship, his love captivates us. And yes, there's an element of fear because we recognize his holiness, his greatness. We recognize his power and his sovereignty. But obedience, real obedience flows out of love and out of relationship. And the primary character trait of God is a God of love a God of perfect and holy love, and he loves you right where you are. But he loves you too much to leave you right where you are. He loves you enough to draw you into the fullness of who he created you to be. And so there's an element of his love that is correction. What parent can really say that they love their child without sometimes correcting them when they are off course or when their life is headed in the wrong direction? This is the love of God. But when we don't understand, listen, nobody hangs out with friends because they're afraid of them. Do you? I hope not, because that's like, that would be the most dysfunctional relationships you could have, right? We hang out with people. We develop relationships, not out of fear, but out of 
out of love and closeness and intimacy and because there's something within us that recognizes that we need these relationships because we are a relational people that God created us to be in relationship and relationships are hard because relationships with other people, um, you know, are, people are broken and people hurt us. And people make mistakes just like we do. And so our tendency is to, you know, not go deeper in relationship because there's more risk involved to be really cautious about that. But God reveals himself as a God who relates to us, who knows us, and who invites us into a deeper relationship with one who is always perfect and always faithful and always good and never fails us. Can be mysterious at times, yes. But this is the, this is the relationship that God invites us into. Now, this is foreign to us a lot of times in our world. Why? Because because deep relationships are rare. Like really deep, lasting, long, long-lasting, lifetime relationships with people where we walk daily and know, like really know and are really honest. They're rare. You know, what I'm talking about with relationships with God as a friend is so the opposite of what it looks like to be friends on Facebook or on social media, right? You get a friend request, you hit accept or reject, right? And, 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 you know, God invites us into a relationship where we can hit accept or reject. You can hit accept or reject. But then once you accept your friend or that person that somehow found out about you and thought that they were your friend, you know, how many friends do I have on, on Facebook? I don't even know. Like sometimes if I scroll through there, I see people, I'm like, who is that? Like this is such a weak definition of friend. Such a weak definition of friend. You know, if you can scroll, if you can scroll past and decide yes or no, then that's not the kind of friend that we're talking about when we talk about God as a friend. We're talking about a friend who is deep, who we deeply, who we walk with, who we, who we abide with, who we, we walk through life with, who we share our heart with, that that we invite to shape us because whoever, your real friends will shape you. Those who you're closest to, you will become like. And so God invites us into this relationship that forms us and it takes time and transparency and intentionality just like any relationship. And listen, here's one of the challenging parts. The older we get, it's not always easier. Sometimes we think that the older we get, we should get better at these kinds of things. But the, the reality is, I think the older we get, the harder it is, the more difficult it is, the more vulnerable we have to be. And the more it feels like it's gonna take too much energy. Like when you're a kid, you just like, like, yeah, I want friends. And so like, I'm open to new friendships and I meet new people and it's like, you know, but the older you get, the more walls you put up. The older you get, the, the less you really want to spend the energy developing new relationships or even like deepening the relationships that you have. But friends, that's not really an option if we want to live a full life. It will take some work. It will be difficult with our human friends, but even more so with God, every season will require something a little different. 
Every season, God invites us to walk with him, to listen to him, to be known by him, to be corrected by him, and to have fellowship with him. One of the other challenges that we face in being friend, a friend of God in this way is that it will require us unfriending some other things. Like saying no to certain things in order to deepen our relationship with Jesus. This is one of the, way, one of the, the reasons I think that a lot of people kind of stay in second grade in their faith. You know, there are a lot of, a lot of people who get stuck. A lot of people who have an experience with God one time in their life, but they kind of just rely on that experience as their experience. It might have been a summer camp as a teenager. It might have been some experience in, as a young adult. It might have been a, 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 an event in their life that was tragic and they turned to God. But listen, God is the relationship God invites us into is not a relationship where every once in a while we just turn, turn it on, check in with him, scroll a few things, and then turn it back off and go about our lives. The, inv- the invitation that God invites us into is the invitation to real life, but it requires us on an ongoing basis to fellowship with him, to spend time with him, to listen to him, to talk with him, and invite him to shape us and to change us through all seasons of life. And so this is our invitation to let go of some of the things that might alienate us from God. The book of James has some strong words about this kind of relationship. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? In other words, when you embrace the things of this world, and I'll talk about that and what that means in a minute, When you embrace the things of this world, it creates separation or brokenness in your relationship with God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy. Now, some people, some Christians have read this, and they take kind of a mentality of separation from people. And that's unfortunate, because Jesus is calling to us, to as his followers, is to go into the world to preach the good news, to proclaim the good news, to be a light. You don't take a light and put it under a bushel, Jesus says. You are salt and you are light. You are called to go into the world and share the good news. Being a follower of Jesus mandates that we go out. It's not about shrinking back. Jesus's commission to the disciples was to storm the gates of hell to take the kingdom and advance the kingdom that heaven would come to earth. That's our calling. But on the other extreme is when Christians get confused about how different we are called to live than the ways of this world. When, 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 when James talks about the world, he's not talking about the people of the world. He's talking about the ways of the world. He's talking about the values of this world. He's talking about the ways in which the values of this world are contradictory to the values of God. And listen, it's easy to identify this in other people. It's easy to say, oh, it's easy to spot, you know, where other people are off or where all, listen, it's, it's in our hearts where it's deceptive. Jesus said that the enemy is like, is like a wolf in sheep's clothing, 
that oftentimes the things that we find attractive or the things that, that, that subtly seek their way, find their way, seek their way into our hearts, um, that the allure of this world can separate us from a relationship with God if we don't say no to some of these other attachments. You see, there's a spiritual battle going on all around us all the time that we're not aware of. Now, I, I'm not one to like make everything a spiritual battle, right? But I think there is a pull always. There are forces, listen, there are forces of greed and pride and selfishness that they are, that they are in direct conflict with God's ways of self-denial and sacrifice and self-giving love. We know that. We see it in the world around us, but identifying it in our own hearts is, is more difficult, isn't it? This is what James is saying. Unless you're willing to let go of some of the things that, that compete with God for your attention, then you will not walk into a deeper relationship with him. So what is it that God calls us to lay down, to let go of, so that, listen, we can do this not out of fear again, but out of a response to God's love for us. That if we look at the garden, back at the garden and what God is doing, the rest of creation through the Old Testament and all of, all of the story of the Old Testament, we can find ourselves, it's almost like the Old Testament really is like a personification of human beings, that Israel is a personification of God's desire to have a relationship and our capacity to walk away from God, our capacity to forget his faithfulness, our capacity as human beings to run after the things of this world, and yet God in his faithfulness keeps pursuing and drawing us back into relationship with him and a relationship that's intent on blessing the whole world through us. And so as we think about and consider what God is drawing us into, what we go back to is not all of the brokenness of the Old Testament. What we go back to is the very beginning when a man and a woman are created in God's image and they walk with him on a daily basis. They experience perfect fellowship and there's no shame. And this is what was lost in the fall. And this is what God's recreating and one day will restore when Jesus returns. But in the meantime, he calls us to live into this relationship. Friends go on walks together. Friends talk together. And God is inviting you into a relationship where he will speak and reveal himself to you. And he invites you to speak with him. And, and, and so as I wrap up today, I want, I want to encourage you to think about what it is, what the next step and what the next season maybe calls you to in relationship with God, regardless of where you've been in the past. For some of us, it's, it's at the starting line. Like there are real questions. Like other people seem to believe things about God. And, and you know, we wrestle. We wrestle to really believe that what we say is true. Listen, what the Christian faith claims is true is, is pretty amazing and pretty radical and pretty, you know, it, it takes some faith to believe that a dead man could come out of the grave and that God ultimately raised him to life to raise us to life. I get it. And so if you're hung up and stuck in that first, then invite God to reveal himself to you, and I believe he'll meet you where you are. 
But invite him, invite the spirit to speak to you and to reveal himself to you. And you might be blown away. He's not going to answer every one of your questions. I can promise you that. But he might meet you where you are if you just invite him to. Say, God, I'd like to have a relationship with you. I'd like to walk, but I don't know how. I don't know what the first step is. I don't know what it looks like. And I'm hung up with these things. Could you meet me and just see what the spirit does? For others of us, we might have had that moment where we said yes to Jesus and yet some, somewhere along the way, we don't, we, don't, we don't grow into intimacy. Like it's not belief that's an issue for us, but it's really walking with God in a more vulnerable way. Like, yes, I'm a Christian. Like if you ask me to fill it out on a multiple choice question, I'm gonna mark Christian. What does that really mean? How does it change my life? It, if, if you feel like you're stuck in second grade, then I wanna invite you to... In, to, to, to pray a, a brave prayer and invite the Spirit to grow your faith. And he might ask you to step into some things that are a, a little bit of a stretch. That's why we create groups around Lent, so that you can grow deeper in relationship with God through those, that place of community and studying God's Word. It's not too late to jump into one of those small groups. Um, but maybe it's, maybe it's just going for a walk with God. Like literally, like you don't even have excuses this time of year. Who, does want, who doesn't want to be outside? Go for a walk. Talk to God like a friend. This prayer is not some magical formula. Maybe for some of us, we get the whole intimacy thing. We were drawn into that. That's, that's how we came to faith. But, but yet somewhere along the line, you can be in all kinds of Bible studies and learn all about God and experience relationship and know that. But until you're willing to really sacrifice what James said, to lay your life down and to say, my life is no longer my own, but it's yours. And somewhere along the line, we have dreams, we have ambitions, and we have attachments, and we let those compete. And maybe God's calling you to take a step of sacrifice, and Lent's a great time to do that. Some small, tangible way that you can say, yes, God, I will live for you, and I will say no to the attachments of this world. And maybe for you, like, it's, it's more just like that final step of kind of like my whole life, my mission, like inviting the Spirit to reveal to you. And maybe it's in a season of life where you reflect on what life has been and what you want the rest of life to be. And you invite Him to give you a larger kingdom vision. But I want to invite you, I'm going to invite the band to come on up here and lead us in a song that's going to invite you to do that. It's the perfect song to do this today just to declare our need for God, that we need God, that we have this brokenness in our hearts, that, we, that we've gotten stuck along the way. We don't need religion. We don't need a bunch of rules. We don't need more information. What we need is transformation of our hearts through an ongoing relationship where he shows himself to us and, and shows us what is true and where we let go of the attachments of our heart. Will you bow your heads with me? God, we pray that you would do that right now. Whatever that step is, it's not about having it all figured out, but it's about the next step that you're calling us to right now. God, thank you that you're a God of relationship. Roles that we use to describe you as a father, as a friend. God, we've experienced maybe betrayal We've experienced hurt and heartache and brokenness, and it makes relationships hard for us to go into, to say yes to. And so, God, I pray right now that you'd heal those broken parts, 
of us. I pray, Lord, that you'd, through your love, lead us into a deeper trust. God, even as I reflect on my own life and the ways that you've met me and been faithful to me, and I know for many of, uh, of us today, we can point to that. And yet today we stand here and we need you in this next season. And this next season may look different for us. A deepening relationship might look different in the current season than it has in the past. And so, Lord, we, we dwell not on the past, but we look forward to the future. We cling to you. We run to you again. We, we pray that you grow a hunger in us, that we would not fall into spiritual ruts, but that you might refine us, that you might more fully captivate our hearts again, that as we sing to you, that they might be more than words that we say, but we might lean into your goodness and experience your goodness and your your mercy and your grace and the friendship that you invite us to. God, thank you for being a God who knows us and loves us. And God, we want to know you more. We want to know you more. We invite you to lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so grateful that you joined us today and invite you to visit us online at foundrychurch.org for more information on how you can worship, serve, and get connected with us.